All right, folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to discuss this Denver Nuggets win as the Nuggets beat the Charlotte Hornets 119-115. Not a bad one. Definitely definitely could have been better, I would say. I think that there, there are some things to quibble about, but here's the thing. When you have a game like Denver did, against the Los Angeles Lakers and then have to play 48 hours later, you take what you can get. You take a win. It doesn't have to be pretty. There are no uh, pictures next to the record books. That's one of the good things. I think Michael Malone has said that one before, which is pretty funny. Uh, But a win is a win, is a win, is a win. And as I said on Friday night, the best thing about the NBA is also the worst thing about the NBA is that there's always another game 48 hours from now. And I think that really helped the Nuggets as they burned the tape. They didn't even go over any of the film from the Lakers loss. They didn't have a shoot around this morning ahead of this game. They decided, hey, we're just going to go into this one. We are going to let everybody decompress a little bit and then just kind of refocus up against the Charlotte Hornets. And to be honest, it worked. Denver's defensive effort, the way that they played was a lot better. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the 115 points, we'll get to that. And there, there's some good, some bad there for sure. But I do want to start this off, and we'll talk about him in the first segment. Nikola Jokic. I had made the sort of proclamation or, or request to Nikola to take on more of an ownership of this season, to become a bigger voice, to become more verbal and there are still some problems, I think, with that, and he he elaborated on that a little bit, kind of in a joking nature, but uh, what he says as what we think is joking, it's actually just serious, That, uh, but we'll get to that in just a little bit here, that the Nuggets needed a win, they needed Nikola to be Nikola, they needed him to go crazy, and he did. He absolutely did tonight. Denver won 119, 115. But the craziest numbers were Nikola Jokic's as he goes for 40 points, 27 rebounds, and 10 assists on about 50% from the field. He was just bonkers in this one, got to the free throw line 17 times, and was on another level when it came to his aggression on the boards, uh, making sure, especially in the first half, that he was a presence every single time down the court. This was one of those games that reminds you, oh yeah, the Nuggets can just press the Nikola Jokic does Nikola Jokic things button every now and then. It's not going to go off every time and it's not going to be something where they can always rely upon that. But in a moment where the Nuggets needed to sort of bounce back and have a better performance in general, they turned to their superstar and Jokic plays 40 minutes, has a great great performance, and it underscores just what it means when Jokic goes off, when he's that guy who consistently brings it every single minute that he's out there. 40 minutes, Jokic scores 40 points, 13 of 26 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, 12 of 17 from the line. He missed five free throws tonight, but uh, give him a pass because he grabbed seven offensive rebounds and 20 defensive rebounds. I do want to point out, I think he had nine of those or close to it in the first quarter alone. 
And it's one of those things where when he truly gets going on the glass, it's awesome. It really is a great, great thing for Denver. They benefit so much from it because he, when he controls things like that, he's gaining or retaining extra possessions for Denver. The Nuggets still gave up 12 offensive rebounds, and uh, but they did win the rebounding battle in general, 55 to 48. And when you do that, when you give yourself an opportunity to score every single time down the court, Denver had more scoring opportunities than Charlotte did. And it was entirely because Nikola Jokic earned them some opportunities consistently on the glass. Jokic postgame talked about how there's a stat that the Nuggets coaches have shared with him and shared with the team that when the Nuggets out-rebound their opponent, they win. It's kind of just how they're built. It's it's what one of their strengths is, especially Jokic's strength. But when he dominates on the glass, it gives Denver the best possible chance that they can get. And when he takes that seriously, it's one of the things that when Denver goes through a slump or when Jokic goes through a slump, it always seems like the first thing that he looks to to try to improve the team is to rebound better. And lo and behold, grabs 27 tonight, sets a career high, and puts up numbers that haven't been seen since Will Chamberlain. That's just the kind of player that he is, because you combine all of the different aspects of what he's good at, from the scoring and and what he can do just punishing some weaker players, to the rebounding when he turns it on like he did tonight. This was over two and a half games worth of rebounding of what he normally does. And then you add in the assist, which was pretty standard for him, 10 assists for him. And you cook up just a massive, massive game that very few players just have the skill set to be able to do all of those things at the same time. I don't know if anybody can do all of these things at the same time. Maybe Giannis. Giannis seems like a player who could get up get up to 40 and 20, but can he do it while having 10 assists as well? I don't know. I don't think so. I think Jokic is one of one in this, where he is just one of those guys that you can turn to for any particular thing on a given night. You need him to get more steals, he'll get you some steals. You need him to get some blocks, well, that might one he might be struggling with, but you need him to hit some threes, he'll hit some threes. I firmly believe that. You need him to dominate on the interior, he'll do that too. You need him to get to the free throw line, he can do that. He should prove that. And you need him to dominate the glass. He out or he nearly matched the entire Charlotte Hornets starting lineup in rebounds. They had 32, I believe, as a team, and he had 27. That's nuts. That is just a nutso stat. And he deserves a lot of credit for turning around after what happened in LA, where he had a, a good individual game, but it wasn't great. And honestly, he was probably outperformed by Thomas Bryant in the second half of that game. And he took it personally. And I'm glad that he did because this is one of those matchups that you knew that Denver had to have. Defend home court. Make sure you're doing okay. Uh, take care of the teams that you're supposed to take care of. And that's exactly what Denver did. There was an opportunity every now and then for Charlotte to come back. But every time they went on a run, Jokic got back into the game. He was a plus 20 
in a four-point win. He played 40 minutes, missed all but eight. The Nuggets were minus 16 in the minutes that Jokic did not play. That is an incredible disparity. And it sort of it continues to underscore who the Nuggets are as a team and who they will continue to be as a team until they get better bench players in general. But Jokic deserves all the credit in the world for this. Nobody in the world can put up the stat line that he just put up. And it's very, very impressive to see. Very, very impressive to witness in person. I was glad I was there because I looked up and saw, okay, he's got 15 rebounds in the second quarter. That's a little weird. Okay, he's got 20 rebounds at halftime. Okay, he's got 23, only had only had three rebounds in the entire third quarter, 12 minutes out there. What a slacker. But then he finishes with 27, does what the team needs for him to win, needs needs him to do to win. And that's just kind of the player that he is. He makes it easier on everybody. And on a night where Jamal Murray didn't really have it from a shooting perspective, on a night where the bench was horrible, it's always nice to be able to press the Nikola Jokic does Nikola Jokic things button. And Malone was spamming that one tonight. That's for sure. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to discuss the rest of the starting units. Some good, some bad. And then we'll talk the bench after that. We'll be right back. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Football season's winding down here at the tail end of the regular season. But if you want to get in on the action while you still can, nobody is more excited to help you with that than your friends over at Superbook Sports. Superbook is bringing Vegas-style wagering to the palm of your hands. And now they'll match 100% of your first bet up to $1,000, no matter if that bet wins or loses. You don't have to be at the stadium to enjoy football this winter. Just visit Superbook.com or download the Superbook Colorado app right now and start getting in on all of the action. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, we're back. Pick action roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's talk about the starters now. Let's go to Jamal Murray first. And at this stage, I... I think that's – so here's the thing. I was talking to some folks around the media and the general sentiment was that Jamal was horrible. And I, I didn't necessarily feel that until sort of the last six minutes where it felt like his body just kind of gave out there. He couldn't really muscle up any shots to the rim anymore, uh, whether they're perimeter shots or uh, paint shots and missed a couple free throws got a couple bad turnovers. It wasn't a good possession. Not a lot of good possessions down the stretch, but Michael Malone came to his defense in the post-game presser and talked about how he gutted out getting onto the court that other guys may not have wanted, uh, may not have done what he did by being out there, toughing out what he did. Murray wanted to be out on the court. The overall plan was to test out the knee see how it was feeling. By the way, it's just soreness. This is, I think, a pretty common thing, especially guys coming back from ACLs, especially when Murray's playing as much as he is. 
Um, I'm not really surprised that he has a game like this. These are going to happen within the grand scheme of things. Um, but it was good to see him get 11 assists and did have the three turnovers, including the two right at the end. But 11 assists, setting the table for Jokic, getting other guys involved at the perimeter as well. That's a, that's a good thing. And it's not like like this is this is a low bar at this point. It's a good thing that KCP had 20, Bruce Brown had 16, Aaron Gordon had 19. There were so many other scorers out there tonight, including Jokic, who had 40, that it wasn't necessary for Jamal to be that guy. There are going to be times where he has to be that guy, though, and I think that we are getting to that point now here relatively soon. Nuggets just hit game 29, next game will be game 30, that they're going to need Jamal to be a little bit more consistent as a shooter, as a scorer than he has been so far this year. Has been up and down, 17 and a half points. I think he's at like 44, 33, 78, something like that on his shooting splits. Those are all low. Those are all not necessarily where you want them to be. He is averaging a career high in assists, and I want to make that known to people that this is something that he's adding to his game and he's trying to get more people involved while the scoring hasn't happened. So that is good and people should appreciate that, but not a good game for Jamal. I think he needs to bounce back a little bit, but it was interesting to hear about how maybe that knee was bothering him a little bit more than we had initially assumed when he was going to play. Uh, because he didn't look like he was getting a lot of lift, didn't look like he had a lot of burst and separation on some of these isolation moves and post moves and things like that. He did have a couple of nice, like he had a nice finish in uh, in traffic, and then he had a really nice post move on a reverse pivot. So he's having like those are the two baskets that he made. Needs to be better from three. Like that's probably the most important thing for Denver when he gets back to playing the way that he needs to play. He and Jokic have to be able to space the floor to three, especially if Denver wants to play lineups with KCP, Bruce Brown, and Aaron Gordon. Like Those guys made their shots tonight from the outside, but that's not always going to happen that way. So, And especially like teams are going to dare Aaron Gordon to make threes and beat them. They're going to dare Bruce Brown. Probably not going to dare KCP, but if they do, then they'll probably feel like, okay, he'll make 40% of these, but it is what it is. Murray's going to have to hit his outside shots. Jokic is going to have to hit his outside shots. Porter will have to hit his outside shots when he comes back. So we'll wait and see on that. But I do think that Murray has definitely taken a more facilitating role over the course of these past, like the, the larger portion of the last five games or so. He had some games where he wanted to get up shots and did get up shots and was pretty decent at it, and sometimes he was pretty bad at it. But overall, I think he has been more of a passer this year than he has been in previous years, and that's interesting to me. It's not what I really expected. KCP deserves a lot of credit for his game tonight. 20 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, 0 turnovers, was a plus 12, even though he shared a lot of minutes with the bench. Or not a lot. He actually he was in that second quarter stint uh, at the beginning of the second quarter where they just got blitzed right at the beginning. So that sort of tanked his plus minus from where it was in the Jokic region, which was plus 20. But KCP, really solid night once again. 
And this is one of those games where you needed him to be great. Didn't get any steals tonight, but it felt like his defense was much better in general. I thought the the Nuggets starters as a whole were pretty good defensively. There's a reason why their plus minus was the way that it was. It wasn't just because of the offensive end. But it seems to me like KCP is finding his groove a little bit within the role that he's being asked to play. He talked about how it takes some time post-game. Post-game, he talked about how it takes some time for guys to gel together and find that proper energy for defending the way that you're supposed to defend at the NBA level. It's really hard to defend at the NBA level, and all these guys have to be on a string. I thought that KCP made some great rotations tonight. There were some possessions where PJ Washington was the small ball center right at the end of the second quarter. And the way that KCP was rotating and helping, he knew that Jokic was going to have to pick and like he was going to have to pop back out to PJ Washington, who was playing pick and roll, pick and pop with a lamella ball. And so KCP stunts over there and stops any possible three from happening from a guy like PJ Washington, who has killed Denver in the past on those pick and pop threes. So that's a really great KYP, know your personnel. And KCP just strikes me as a guy who takes this stuff seriously. And as things sort of manifest and and get back to normal where Denver's playing a pretty standard schedule and they are trying to lock in on the defensive end, I think that KCP can be a pretty big part of that in terms of always having a level of competence on the perimeter defensively, where he's switching out onto different assignments, he is stunting, he is getting his hands into passing lanes and deflecting things. Just strikes me as a guy who can do a lot of different things. Maybe not any one thing perfectly, but will be extremely helpful in a lot of these cases. So hopefully we get that KCP renaissance, especially on the defensive end. Aaron Gordon also had a very nice game, 19 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, His 19 points came on six of nine from the field and two of two from three, five of seven from the line. He missed a couple of free throws early, and then it, it, it always just kind of seems like that affects the way that I think AG is playing. But he had a pull-up three when Jokic was posting that he, he absolutely buried. He had three steals and a block. He was impactful. He was all over the court doing the offensive rebounding stuff, but also had a couple of, uh, of contested layups for and ones, which was what you want him to do against a team that lacks a little bit of physicality like the Charlotte Hornets do. So it was nice to see. It was nice to see AG play that way, do some good things. And I'm glad that he was able to kind of recover after what I thought was a subpar performance against the Lakers in a lot of different respects. He was good, switched out onto LaMelo Ball at times, LaMelo cooked and was very good and made some crazy shots for sure. But Gordon Hayward, PJ Washington, Kelly Oubre, those guys were fine, but none of them killed Denver. That's honestly the most important thing. And then Bruce Brown, last one here, Bruce Brown. Thought this was his best game of recent memory. This is one where you remember the block shot that he had on the three that he turns into a dunk on the other end that forces a timeout from Steve Clifford. 
You think about him getting out into transition and catching a lob one-handed from KCP and throwing that bad boy down. He got an and one. He did miss the free throw, but he got an and one in transition and just muscled his way up against larger dudes and got right into their grill and, and got them right out of the way. Hit two of four threes, seven eleven from the field, five of seven from two. That's a great number, and it underscores kind of how his finishing has been a little bit better over the course of these last couple of weeks. I think that he needs to get away from the floater in general and just go through guys and try to finish through contact because he's good enough at that and athletic enough that he can finish those shots while also drawing fouls. And when you have a player like that who can do those things, you want them to be aggressive. You want them to go through people and make those guys think twice about whether you're going to drive around them or drive through them. Because of that tentativeness where and that indecision where opponents have that Bruce Brown can kind of force out of them a little bit when he's barren, barreling right down at them. That's great. It's a great way to do it. And I'm glad that he was able to have the performance that he did like he did tonight. 37 minutes tonight, played the second most on the team behind Joker, and just continues to be one of those players that, like he played some point guard, he started at small forward, he moved over to backup shooting guard at times next to Bones, uh, played some backup shooting guard or some shooting guard next to Jamal. He can do a lot of different things at the one, two, and three. And Denver's going to allow him to do that, especially against teams like Charlotte. I am still curious as to what his role is going to look like when Michael Porter comes back. Is Porter going to come off the bench initially? And are they going to uh, try to work him back in slowly? Are they going to start Porter and then move Bruce Brown to the bench? Could they move KCP to the bench instead? Maybe who's somebody who's a little bit of a better fit there, but I don't know. I don't know. I think Bruce Brown is one of those guys that he'll fit into what the Nuggets ask him to do, but I'm not sure if he, like, we, we might be seeing some of the better Bruce Brown moments here, and then it's going to be a little bit hit or miss when he goes back to the bench and is playing not next to Jokic again and trying to figure some things out. It feels like he's finally figuring some things out with the starters after it had been uh, some good, some bad for for much of that time. So we will see. We will see what that ultimately looks like with him. But overall, a good night for the starters, all of them in double-digit positive. Lowest was plus 12, tied for Murray and KCP. Jokic was a plus 20. That's the number that you need against a team like the Hornets. And if the Nuggets had lost this game when their starters had been like that, then I'd be making an even bigger stink about the bench than I'm about to. But for now, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to go over these bench woes and how they continue to manifest. And we'll see if we can get through some uh, some changes. We'll be right back. Final segment, pickaxe and roll. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Let's wrap this one up by talking about the bench, talking about a group that I think needs a lot of help, that that is going to continue to need a lot of help. 
Michael Malone talked about this post game that it's not just on the bench themselves, but it's also on him that he needs to help them in every way that he can to find the right combinations, to prop them up, to call the right plays, to make sure that those guys are playing in a certain way that can help them not hemorrhage points. And I, I think that'd be great. I think that would be awesome. I think one of the things that really stands out from Malone's presser as well is that his, one of his comments was, when you're not scoring, you need to find ways, other ways to impact the game. And you can't just pout. Like this is, this is kind of his motif for this entire season, right? Like whether it's the starters, whether it's the bench, right now it's the bench. And I think probably one guy in particular that you can't just mope and you can't let that affect your effort and your ability to impact the game on the other end of the floor. And he also said when I, when I asked him, one of the like, why did Nikola Jokic play thirty min- or forty minutes tonight? He was pretty adamant in saying, uh, "Yeah, the reason why I did that was because our bench wasn't giving us anything. That's really what it was." This is a quote: "Quote guys get pissed off when they come out of the game. Well, if you're playing better, you aren't coming out of the game." Yeah, I think uh, I think Michael Malone would not like. He would love to not play Nikola Jokic forty minutes tonight. That definitely seems to me like a thing that he would love to do. Unfortunately, when DeAndre Jordan was out there tonight, he scored one point, missed a free throw, had no other field goal attempts, and had one assist. It was a nice back cut to Bones. And was a minus 16 tonight, DeAndre Jordan was. It wasn't all DeAndre Jordan's fault. I don't want to point this all on DeAndre Jordan's feet. Because frankly, I watch the game and it's not all DeAndre Jordan. Denver doesn't have a cohesive identity when Bones is on the floor. Right now they play, I think I think uh, Adam referred to it as Bones Ball on his podcast. And I think that is a pretty apt way to put it. Where it is dribble, dribble, dribble. DHO, DHO. Get the ball back to Bones. Dribble, dribble. And then either kind of drive to the rim and try to create something for yourself at the rim. Maybe draw the defense and try to generate a lob. Maybe you uh, take a step back 30-footer or you don't even dribble and you just catch the ball and you look at the player in front of you, you look at the clock, realize it's at seven. And you're like, I guess I could shoot from here. And he takes a 32-footer from the wing or from the top of the key. And it's those shots that they don't have a high percentage of making it. Now, they're three points, and especially those ones in particular, when when those go in, especially at home, it is a big momentum booster. So even if they only went in at like a 30% clip, I think there's still some value in taking them at specific points. However, if that is your consistent formula for late game offense, then you are going to go at a 0.8, 0.9 points per possession on all of those possessions. And that's just not good enough with the bench out there because the bench doesn't defend right now. If the bench defended, it would be one thing. If they didn't hemorrhage points, it would be one thing. Right now, they hemorrhage points. The defensive rating is actually worse when Nikola Jokic is off the floor, and it was definitely worse tonight. 
Jaden McDaniels had 14 points on eight shots. Nick Richards had 11 points on eight shots. Kelly Oubre had 16 points on 18 shots. He was not efficient, but he had 35 minutes and spent plenty of time on there with the starters. But most of it was just horrible. It was horrible, horrible bench defense or bench offense that transitioned into bench defense. And the transition game wasn't exactly awesome during that stretch. Um, DeAndre Jordan got outworked on the glass tonight. He did have three rebounds and deserves some credit for those three. But on a night where Nikola Jokic grabs 27 in 40 minutes, three rebounds in eight minutes just isn't enough. That's just not – like you can do way better than that. There is no doubt in my mind. Christian Brown, five rebounds, 21 minutes. I give him credit for that. That's that's a good number for a wing. For a center whose primary job it is to rebound, DeAndre Jordan was not rebounding well enough. He got out of position on several. A lot of the Charlotte Hornets offense came off of offensive rebounds where they had those second chance point opportunities, had a kick out for three, had a drive to the rim. You just have a lot of those in that short amount of time. And it makes it really, really difficult. So right now, the formula, the bench lineup that Denver used, they used a couple. Uh, One of them was Bones, Christian Brown, Vlaco Chanchar, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan. That one was, was, I think, minus four in three minutes. So didn't work. You had one where you had Bruce Brown out there. You had one where you had KCP out there. You had one where you had Jamal Murray out there. None of those rotations really worked. But the common thread through all of them was Bones Highland, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan. And that's just like, it's not talented enough for one thing. That's what really like stands out with that. And when Bruce Brown gets to the bench, that is also not going to really change because Bruce Brown is a good player. He's not like a super talented player. He's a hardworking, hard-nosed, like bulldog kind of player, but not necessarily somebody who's going to create a whole bunch, make things easier on other people. He'll work within the flow and sometimes get up some numbers, but most of the time, it is just kind of finding the gaps of what other people do. With Denver's current group of Bones, Christian Brown, Jeff Green, DeAndre Jordan, Bones has to be the leader. And he's not leading really well right now. It's not just the shot attempts. It's the fact that he only had one assist. It's the fact that there were just very few shot opportunities for other people. Once again, DeAndre Jordan having zero shots, that's more so on Bones than it is on DeAndre Jordan. Like Bones has to try to set the table. He has to try to get into the offense and make things work for other people. Too often, he is the guy who is just looking for his shot while he's out there. And when he is not scoring, that means the bench is not scoring because nobody else really has an opportunity to impact the game. So I do think that there are some, like Jeff Green had a couple of possessions. I think he had he had two offensive rebounds tonight, eight total shots, had eight points, probably could have been even better than what he was, uh, missed a couple bunnies here or there. Christian Brown, very low usage, definitely not like involved enough and not confident enough in his own shot to really be an impact player from there as well. 
the Nuggets need Christian Brown to be leading their bench at times in three-point attempts. That's what I would want to see. I would want to see him make sure that he's getting up those shots so that he can space the floor and so that he can be trusted by the Nuggets when he's out there. Now, he has to make sure that they're good shots, but Denver should be trying to find a guy like him within the flow, within the catch. And sometimes he was record scratching, sometimes he was doing fine, but other times he wasn't. Denver needs a talent injection there. They need somebody who can generate some offense for themselves, for other people, for uh, like they could just rack up some numbers here or there, whether it's rebounds or assists or points. Frankly, they just need the bench version of Nikola Jokic. And that kind of player obviously doesn't grow on trees. I don't know where they're going to find said player. But there was a pretty good one in Mason Plumley on the other side, who in 19 minutes tonight, he was only a minus four. Like, going up against Nikola Jokic, he was only a minus four. Now, he did have five fouls, but hypothetically, if Mason Plumley put up this stat line for Denver, 11 points, nine rebounds, four assists, two blocks, minus four, like, you wouldn't be mad about that. Mason Plumley made five of his six free throws, and he's now left-handed. Like, doing some good things. Doing some absolutely good things. And one of the great things about Mace was that he can really playmake for other people. He would lead the bench in assists. I have no doubt about that. When the bench gets rolling, a lot of it will be because they operate in a similar way than the one that Nikola Jokic operates with the starting unit. So Mason Plumley is somebody that I would circle kind of floundering right now on a 7 and 23 team that like he he's on an expiring contract probably not in their future plans they need to go younger there's no doubt about that mark williams is just nowhere to be seen right now uh they they had a uh, kai jones come off the bench for 3 minutes and he got killed by joker they had nick richards who played well there's no doubt about that but mason plumley could absolutely help the nuggets he could be somebody that operates in the middle of the floor, isn't necessarily a, a points guy, but he will definitely get the ball moving, which is something that they desperately need. The Nuggets don't have good ball movement with that second unit. They don't have guys that can really spread the ball out and make sure that everybody's getting it in positions of advantage. Bones right now is trying to do a whole bunch, and he's not doing it well. And I'm just watching Mace tonight, and I'm thinking, man, why doesn't this happen? Why can't this happen? Doesn't this make sense? And so we're going to see. We're going to see what that looks like, but keep an eye out on that. That seems like a pretty interesting opportunity if it did fall into Denver's lap. I do think that Zeke Naji should play. I don't – like. It's, it's one of those things where he's – I don't know what he's done. Maybe I'll ask Michael Malone about Zeke Naji before next game, but it just seems to me like he has fallen out of favor completely because even though DeAndre Jordan is playing the way that he's playing, didn't even make it to the second half in the last game and then played just eight minutes tonight. He's not playing well. And Denver's still not going to a guy like Zeke. So that says, I think, a little bit more about the Zeke situation than Malone's faith in DeAndre Jordan, I have to imagine. So... We're going to see if that changes. Maybe Vlaco gets a little bit more time here or there. 
maybe Peyton Watson gets called up and does something. But I have to imagine, honestly, that if Denver is going to do a trade, it would be relatively like maybe not like in December, but it wouldn't surprise me if you hear some stuff in January about, hey, kind of know what they need, kind of know what they're they're searching for. They need somebody who can really anchor the second unit, somebody who can help the defense be a little bit better. I'm not sure if Mason Plumlee is going to do a whole bunch of that, but I saw him make some really good rotations and really good decisions when he was going up against Joker in the first quarter. Did get into foul trouble, so that's that's going to happen to everybody though. So as long as he doesn't have to face Nikola Jokic on the second half on the second unit, then maybe Mason Plumlee can be helpful for a team like the Nug- for the team like the Nuggets. So we will see. Hopefully, he doesn't give up another buzzer beater to Anthony Davis in the bubble. Hopefully, that that's not something that Nuggets fans have to worry about. But that would be uh, something to watch. I think. Let's just check how much money he makes real quick. Does it fall into the traded player exception? It might. It might fall into the TPE. I'll have to go check that. He makes just over nine million. All right. Well, that's all I have, folks. Sorry for the tangent on Mason Plumley, but I have been talking about various players that could help Denver. I honestly just don't think that the bench solution is on the roster right now. And that's why I'm going to be very willing to talk about. Maybe maybe this could be a guy. Maybe that could be a guy. I'll continue to share my ideas and hopefully you enjoy them. So that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll brought to you by Superbook Sports. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We're getting into holiday weekend here, so I'm going to have to sort of revisit the schedule a little bit and figure out what the best way to do this is. I know I have a plans on Wednesday night, but game on Tuesday night, game on Friday night. I'll podcast after each of those days for sure. Probably podcast tomorrow too, but we will see. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast. As always, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.